0: In today's quest, we meet the other half of the power couple that shaped France. She is the mother of the Merovingian dynasty, this is Clotilde, and this is a quest for power. Welcome back to the Quest for Power, where we are ranking and reviewing all of the European monarchs from the early Middle Ages to World War I. We are Scott and Michael, and we are leading you through the history of the Merovingian dynasty. And we are on, I believe, episode number three of the Merovingian dynasty. Maybe second there. Uh, <laughs> and we have a couple firsts. So first, we're rating our first queen consort, not necessarily our first queen. Right, and then correct, or we're rating our first saint because she is a saint, Saint Clotilda.
1: There's one. There's one thing I have to say on that. Apparently, there Clovis at one point was made a saint, but the Catholic Church <laughs> looked at his other past deeds and went, "No, no, 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 no. He's we're not we are not stooping stooping that low."
0: Yeah, we're here to yeah. We got to save face a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So, uh. And so now that we've kind of uh whetted your appetite a little bit on what we've got coming up, um, we're going to tell you how you can continue on to your uh to continue to keep your appetite up for keeping up uh with us on Facebook and Instagram at quest for power pod or email us at questforpowerpod at gmail.com. And uh we've mentioned this before. And if you're looking for some extra content and want to continue to support us, We're building a library of extra content at Patreon.com/slash Quest for Power. So, all right, now that we've uh, established who we are, why we're here, let's uh, kind of let's let's meander our way. We'll get we'll find us we'll find a nice, lovely segue into the into the meat and potatoes here. Uh, So, what's been going on, Michael?
1: Well, um, uh, recently we did the D&D campaign, which was, uh, we we had a pretty wild uh, session where we kept like having the Star Wars worlds within worlds by traveling to the different planes, or at least we could have with your little door you created.
0: Yeah, yeah, like the, um, I basically, for uh, people who are not sitting at the table with us is (laughs) I created a means of interplanar travel, um, which is to say that there's all these different worlds in the Dungeons and Dragons universe. And I basically created one place where you can uh, portal or walk to other planes of existence. And these uh, these other planes are like the Feywild, which is where fairies live. Um, and then you have these elemental planes, like the plane of fire, water, air, earth. And so the party found this and they kind of started fiddling with it and realizing, oh shoot, we can go anywhere and um that's kind of what the party did most of the time which is um i think it was great it was great for them like i i think it was also part of it because i didn't explain like the quote unquote puzzle as well as i could have but uh the end result was still really fun the party still found their way um to the correct door correct gate they were supposed to take so it all worked out nicely in the end and uh i am excited for next time because they're about to uh find a big legendary artifact and try and keep it away from the bad guys
1: and uh you left us on one hell of a cliffhanger that we had two little tiny vampires following us for quite some time that's right that we are need to teach some lessons yeah (laughs) speaking here we go here's a segue (laughs) speaking of teaching lessons let's get on to sources (laughs) yeah smooth all right so there is no primary source uh that focuses strictly on clotilda like of contemporary times gregory of tours wrote about her but it was years after her death and he was using primary sources that have been lost to history all right quick note i know i have been bashing Gregory of tours, and it's a really fun pastime. But as I'm learning more about him, it looks like he actually was trying to tell the truth. He, um, I'm learning more that he actually was using his own sources and cross-referencing them, like... Uh, <clears throat> like an actual like a historian it was like the first thing like yes he has his own agenda but his uh, sources also had their own agenda and remember the kind of stuff they believed back then so he may have believed some of the stuff that he says that were like that's nonsense.
0: Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Well it's kind of it's kind of nice when you have your uh biased sources be uh fact checked. <laughs> like yes, <laughs> you're you're technically correct, which is the best kind of correct. But uh, you, you're still, uh, well, either cherry picking or rephrasing things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially what we do. <laughs> we, we rephrase yeah. things. I wonder, yeah, do, what's our agenda? Viewership. Yes.
1: <laughs> and I like, I like stories. They're fun. I, I, I've i always been curious on, on the different stories that we've never list heard of. I haven't heard of most of our Kings before we before I read that they're the next king up
0: well so, you know it's not like uh, a thing that they taught us a lot of in school yeah but uh speaking of again teaching what did uh we we
1: we uh learned previously on the quest for power
0: entrapment it's horrible um that's like my one word summary for like the last episode so the reason I say it is because we had our lovely friend Clovis the first he the first yeah so yes he um, is he so really uh, wonderful clever conniving basically was tricking people into betraying their own people and then he instantly punishes them for being traitors he did that at least two or three times
1: yes he did he, um, masterful absolutely beautiful on a strategic level
0: yeah yeah it's just really it's it's a certain level of just comic it's it's so comical yeah that he he'll uh basically he'll be like hey go betray your your ruler or your your buddy and they go do it and they go okay you know like a like a good like a well-trained dog they come back expecting their treat and then he goes only you know the only treat you're getting is my blade down your throat and uh you know that goes on for a couple times and goes to um has some conflict against uh well we've got at least a couple. We had our friends with the, the Visigoths, with Alaric the Second, and sounds like yeah, Alaric II, the Second. Bad Alaric. Yeah, the bad Alaric. Um, and then we oh gosh, we had uh ugh, the the two uh kings. It's Are you me talking up. about Burgundia? Yes, I may have been.
1: Oh so, so Gundobad and Gundobad and G- a G- god G- G- who, G- I, G- who I figured out is Gadizel. So there G- we G- go.
0: I was pronouncing That's... the extra G, which is apparently silent because apparently <laughs> we just have to throw in extra letters. Yeah, it's cool. Of course. So I've already forgotten how to say his name G- Go GoDazel. Gadai go- Gadizel. Gadizel. D- G- G- okay so he kind of like pitted the brothers or not brothers oh my god he pitted them against each other uh and then there was kind of this odd like falling out of agreements and that's all i really remember honestly and that he died relatively peacefully and that he is you know just one of the great founding members of the merovingian dynasty and then of course you know shaping modern day france All that good stuff.
1: It's pretty good. You've missed one pretty big thing. his conversion to Christianity. It's pretty much what he's known for.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I mean, to me, it just feels like so obvious. But yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, of course they're Catholic. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, Nicene at the time. Yes. Yeah. Can't have that Arianism crap around here. Yeah probably just use the words interchangeably between catholic and nicene because kind of just go together after a while
1: actually i think now it's Chalcedonian, so that's a new one so i think there is um on useful charts uh, their youtube i saw that they have one based on like the catholicism like tree so how it got to there
0: so when did we start calling it catholicism
1: Okay, so how it starts out is we have the Great Church, which then branches off into Nicene Christianity in 431. There is a Council of Chalcedon in, five, in 451, which will then lead to someday the Roman Catholic Church, which happens during the Great Schism of 1054. there you go the more you know i would highly suggest check out the chart it's actually really fascinating it's kind of funny when you see Aryan christianity it has a little bottom to the ends and just does extinct (laughs) so we see that they won out in history
0: jesus being a separate dude no bueno
1: i forgot i heard one times of the church saying like oh god's first jesus is second and the holy spirit's third and i was like whoa 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 you killed people over that (laughs) what do you what do you mean that? aren't they all the same thing
0: yeah well i mean yeah they're uh they're the only victors in that sphere so i think they get to write the rules i mean yeah that is true that's that's most of our our stuff on this anyway
1: so before we begin as we said we are doing the first queen consort and i don't know about you but i think it would be absolutely ridiculous to rank them on the same scale as you know regents it would be like the super bowl team facing the college championship team yes both play football but they're not even close
0: to the same league difference being is that one was probably intentionally handicapped (laughs) <laughs> yeah. so for
1: non-regents we need to determine if they are powerful enough and famous enough religious enough and they leave a lasting legacy to become the hand of the king or are they mediocre and we don't really like them and they get kicked out of the king's council or are they so pathetic that they just need to be exiled out of the kingdom altogether so Yeesh. they avoid the, they avoid the, the, the stake, but I figure that you know kings should have higher stakes. you know you should be burned alive if you're that bad instead of just exiled. We're much kinder than the actual Europeans <laughs> at the time. Yeah. yeah yeah, most of the time you would just get your it would be beheading. but uh, uh, Battle royale beheads the kings that they don't like so or not that they don't like that they don't deem worthy enough so we, we're not going to cross into that territory we are looking at the thing we've always been looking how do they acquire power and how do they use it and how basically medieval enough are you or you know european enough wonderful The times are you are you the quintessential of what the ruler is at the time so okay. like like alaric all the way way back i think it's over a year ago we've been doing this for a year i don't know if you've realized that
0: yeah
1: um clotilda is gonna set the standard for the non-regents alrighty so now on to the main quest you are in the presence of her highness saint clotilda of house burgundy the first of her name the pious Queen Consort of the Salian Franks, Queen Consort of the Rapurian Franks, Queen Consort of all the Franks. She basically inherits most of Clovis's titles when she gets married. We'll talk about that pretty pretty quickly. In, uh, Fair enough. First of all, she was born as a Burgundian princess, hence House of Burgundy. And she is the daughter of Kilprick II of Burgundy and his unnamed wife. Because, you know, God forbid we know any of these queens' names. It's kind of nice we know Clotilda's. Uh, Clotilda did have a sister named Chroma. And that's what we know. I think Chroma goes on to become some sort of nun. Yeah, that's what it is. She becomes some sort of nun mm. and that's all we know of the rest of her. Clotilda later described as having a reputation of pretty much being the perfect medieval woman. She was she had wit, she was beautiful, she was meek, she was modest, she was obedient, she was pious.
0: Everything a king would want. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this Pretty. was also the same person that, like, um, you know, we talked about last time that Clovis, like, apparently described to her, someone described her to Clovis, or just, and he was like, "I gotta have her." Yeah. Yeah. Bring her here. <laughs> yep, and she's but... like, "See a family or king that I don't want to be around." Yeah. So, yeah. Sounds like sounds like a perfect match. I
1: I fully agree, except for well, we'll get into that.
0: Alright, fair enough.
1: Kilprick ruled Burgundy jointly with his father, because you know, got these guys all do nuts things before the kingdom was broken into four parts, because God forbid you leave the kingdom together and do primogeniture. After his father's death, and so he and the three of his brothers all inherit the piece, a piece of burgundy. So this is gonna go really well, right? When you split a kingdom up every time. So while Clotilda was an infant, Kildeprick's brother Gundobad assassinated Kildeprick and threw his wife into a well where she met a horrible fate by drowning. He then exiled, he then exiled the two princesses. What the hell was the problem with the wife?
0: Like, what? <laughs> what's with the well? That's completely unnecessary. Yeah, I don't know. Just, it sounds pretty par for the course at this point. <laughs> it, it um, yeah, it does. But oof, that one
1: little little much throwing them down the well.
0: All's well that ends in the well.
1: That, that's going to come back to buy a Gundo bad in the future. A little little foreshadowing there. Yeah. Uh, Clotilda and her sister were taken in by their uncle Gedeisel, or God G, as we called them last episode, because we couldn't figure it out. And his court is in Geneva. As we discussed earlier, Clovis heard amazing reports of Clotilda. Dude, she is the perfect woman. And so he basically forced Gundobad to have, let him marry her, which Gundobad accepted what i'm confused by this is clovis had to get permission from gundobad and every source says she was exiled out of the kingdom and she took refuge in gadazzle's kingdom why would he have to get gundobad's permission who was her parents murderer is it because they were allies or something
0: yeah maybe or that like he just didn't necessarily want to get uh Maybe Well, either piss off Gundo bad, and you know, you know, she shows up one day, and he's like, "Hey, hold up a moment." Didn't I like exile you? And then also, it could have also been from Clovis's part being like power play, like hey, like, or maybe not power play, but like a respect move slash power play, like hey, you're gonna let me marry this, uh, this person that technically is kind of you know under you i guess i don't know it's i would
1: i i would have to go more with that i do not think clovis was afraid of Gundobad. no 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 yeah I, it just feels like uh <laughs>
0: like i'm going to interface with you as you know from a, a king to fellow king kind of thing yeah like we're gonna we're gonna do this at a royal level and that way like you know, because it's different from being like, oh, yeah, I'm going to marry this person that just, you know, to you probably doesn't matter to like, oh, hey, you know, I'm going to like force a confirmation from you.
1: Yeah, it could have been a power move to really be like, you can say no, but you're probably not going to like the consequences.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just going to take this opportunity to do it. Not sure what the how that goes down. None of it makes sense to me. So, OK, so I'm glad just I'm not a conflict the only of one who's a little lost. Yeah. I'm doing mental gymnastics
1: here. <laughs> so it at this time Clovis was a filthy pagan, you know, he worshiped idols that didn't work. And uh but Clotilda at the time that he asked for her hand in marriage, she demanded the right to practice her faith, Christianity completely. And like a good future husband, Clovis acquiesced to her wishes. The strong, manly be- king that has bloodlust is like, yeah, you know what? You can have your religion, which is kind of interesting. But I guess he was also in good like, terms with the bishops. So maybe that was, you know, oh, yeah. I you know, really show, like, I'm very nice to Catholics. I married one, for crying out loud.
0: Yeah. Plus, like, I don't know, pagans are a lot more loose with you know having other people follow a different faith
1: yeah in fact when Christian person Chris, yeah oh yeah when Christianity first came around they're like oh just so you know Jupiter yeah just put a sprig out for him I don't really care if you really believe that or not and yeah we'll th- actually we'll throw in jesus on the pantheon if that's what you want and in fact sometimes jupiter and jesus got mixed up together
0: <laughs> while christianity
1: and paganism was coming together
0: what would jupiter do
1: <laughs> there you go <laughs> that should be on you a don't want to
0: know what jupiter would do
1: <laughs> especially especially if jupiter is the exact personification of zeus I would that's fully agree. how i
0: always understood it is that 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 jupiter was the the crossover yeah from zeus and probably inherited a lot of his um personality
1: i would (laughs) yeah i would love to actually dive into more of roman mythology and like figure out like what were the differences between the greeks and romans because the romans basically stole everything from greece and then said this is mine now but like what things
0: did they add Mm -hmm. or take away more importantly yeah Yeah. So fun stuff next. (laughs) And in in 492 or 493,
1: we don't know the exact date. She married Clovis and Soissons and inherited all of his Royal titles. As I said, in the beginning, that's just the way it worked. The queen consorts would, um, inherit the Royal titles. But according to celiac law, when they would die, they would lose all those titles. And that was Clovis who put that law, like, into stone. So, kind of interesting. But at the same time, I wonder, want to know what the ceremony was that like? Like, was it Christian? Was it a Christian, you know, ceremony? Or was it a pagan ceremony? I feel like Clovis would not, like, he's the man in the relationship at this time. And he's a bloodthirsty warrior. There's no way he would allow, like the even thought of uh, people that look that like a woman is controlling him and by the sounds of it there's no way in hell <laughs> no pun intended that she would do a pagan ceremony
0: yeah uh, i it's probably like a uh, it's like got a lot of the christian like fixins, but with a with like a pagan vibe i could see that okay yeah that'd be interesting because like yeah or you just make the marriage look very like i don't know forced because in reality it kind of probably was anyways
1: yeah yeah it so
0: it was he just happened to respect his wife more than a lot of other uh medieval royalty <laughs>
1: yeah he in yeah he respected her quite a bit after she became queen clotilda actually had a little chapel created in the royal palace and she spent most of her time there in f- prayer it is said uh it's also said that she de- uh, she actually had to hide how devoted she was to her faith in order to fully execute her role in court i'm sure that's gregory just really playing her up yeah. uh um, it is said that she di- executed all of her courtly duties with dignity, order, piety, and charmed the king and his court. Again, the perfect medieval queen. But, but, uh, but I also like where it says he charmed she not he, where she charmed the king and his court, and that's like to me this really cutthroat king. Looking at his wife, like, ah, it's so cute the way she does that, you know, like <laughs> she's charming yeah. the way her customs are, or things like that.
0: Yeah, I just mean, just of... from the uh, the the record we have here, it very much sounds like he's just totally smitten with her, right?
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I, and I don't know if that's the way it is, but this, the way this is written, it reminds me of the again you won't know this the game of thrones relationship between Call Khal and khaleesi a lot of people who watch game of thrones will know this one after they actually became after their marriage was actually good let's we don't need to talk about the first part well the first part happened but after they had like a good relationship is what it reminded me this big tough you know ruler who kills people without thinking about it. And then, you know, is really kind and actually thinks highly of his wife, which is, which is kind of nice during this time period. It is said that her charity to the poor was like a sea that could never be drained. She was obedient, like you said, to her king and husband. She used her charms to sweeten his warlike temper, made herself laugh at his jokes, which she didn't really care for, and she knew how to make the king happy and was the mistress of his heart. How sweet. The ultimate the ultimate power couple right there. Absolutely. And this is a clear embellishment, but a lot of yeah. the research on Clotilda and Clovis is that Clovis actually, from everything I've ever seen, he actually seems to have had a soft spot for her, despite being an absolutely vicious, violent, cutthroat king that, you know entrapment was his favorite thing to do he had no moral bone in his body but she must have made him happy because he he seemed to do a lot of things for her
0: yeah classic beauty and the beast she's uh she seems like a fairly shrewd person too so a person here like you you know you'll uh you can have your chapel you can do your piety and uh you know you're not gonna create as big of a stink when it comes to like you know, differing policies, what have you?
1: Yeah, yeah. If even if if she's even allowed to yeah. be in the rooms during those, <laughs> while well, those exactly. are being made, Clovis well, got his actually, deal, and she's
0: got hers.
1: Well, actually, I think she would be in the room because who had she had to run the kingdom while he was off to war? Oh yeah. Also, it doesn't oh. really show mostly in the narrative, but. Klo- she is one of many of Clovis's wives. The church just does a really great job of trying to pretend that that's not a thing. That it's monogamous. That it's monogamous. It's not even close to monogamous. Well, see- he had plenty of concubines. He had other wives. The church says that he repudiated other wives, and maybe he did when he actually well, when he actually converted, as we discussed last episode. But I. I The later Merovingian kings are going to have tons of wives and concubines, so that tells me he did not.
0: They're probably like, well, this is the only real marriage. All of the rest of them were pagan marriages and don't count.
1: Yes, yeah, exactly. Well, the two liked each other enough, apparently enough that Clotilda became pregnant, and she bore a son named Ignomer. She baptized him behind Clovis's back. Not very good, not very obedient, and unfortunately, Ignormer died shortly after birth. That was Clovis's one of his heirs. That would yeah. must have made him fly off the handle. Be like, "What did I tell you? You baptized him, and you killed our son." Which, oh, that would feel horrible for Clotilda, especially when he, something like that would be said. I don't know if he actually said that, but come on.
0: The conversation had to have been there it's a wonder he converted at all exactly
1: yeah and it wasn't long though that they tried again and clotilda became pregnant and she once again gave birth to a healthy baby boy named clotimer and despite the fate of her first son clotilda's faith did not waver and she baptized clotimer behind his back again Yeesh. And shortly after baptism, Clodomer felt deathly ill. So as you can imagine to Clovis, this was another heir dying to his wife's stubbornness. And that would have drove him nuts. I can't imagine the marriage was really good at this point.
0: Yeah, that's, gosh, that's, what's up with their water? <laughs> this is really like the Family Guy episode where they uh, uh, tainted holy water. I get sick because you know, the Pope didn't wash his hands after uh, after going to the bathroom and then blessing the holy water you know so what tainted holy water I, I never even thought of that and I bet you I wrote this story off as it
1: didn't happen, but. That could be that like he died from, you know, cause it's not like an infant has the best immune system that he swallowed yeah, some just... of the water when he was being baptized. Cause they didn't do what they do now, where they just dump it on their head. They freaking yeah. dunked them all the way yeah. in. And so yeah. he probably swallowed a little bit of it and yeah, he got sick from the water.
0: Yeah. It's just, it, wow. I mean, it also could I, just yeah. be that they're bad luck people, you know, infants got sick all the time back then i'm sure yeah yeah just that they're two for two <laughs> and that's <laughs> yeah, yeah i can't i can't believe that this happened twice
1: so so while he is Clodomer is very very sick and clotilda prayed day and night for the recovery of her son and for her so- husband to convert but Clo- but clovis was not you know in the mood to convert as you can imagine Eventually, though, her son started to recover, and he avoided death, so one of her prayers had been answered. Power of prayer right there. I guess so. That's, uh, yeah, uh, good. You know, that's probably good. I can't imagine if he would have died. That, that may have went to
0: treason charges <laughs> yeah you can only do this so many times before you're just done even yeah yeah it doesn't doesn't matter how hot you are you will eventually uh find the uh, uh the hangman's noose or the uh, executioner's axe yeah
1: yeah and this time the executioner's axe they are not exactly kind or be thrown down a well <laughs> Yeah, that too. Final baptism. Oh, in 496, Clovis was in the midst of a massive battle with the Alamanni tribe, and it was not going well. In fact, it looked like he was going to have a catastrophic defeat and maybe lose his own life. Legend goes, in the middle of battle, he made a deal with God that if God would help him destroy the Alamanni, he would convert. God came through, and Clovis won the battle. And so he held up his end of the bargain with God, and he told Clotilda about the battle, and that he would convert to her brand of Roman Catholic Christianity. So, pretty, pretty good stuff, I should say, Chalcedonian Christianity. Still, yeah. pretty good stuff. I, sh- she had to be elated at that point. This is the, this was her mission, like from day one of their marriage, was to get this man to convert. <laughs> It just took him to almost die in battle. And I can imagine like rolling your eyes like, God, it's such a man, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, all that prayer worked for something. It did. Clovis was baptized on Christmas Day in 496. And in 497, Clotilda bore Clovis, their third and last son named Clothar the First. I should also mention that they have a son named Kildebert the first, and I don't remember when he was born. It was not, he must have not been very important into her story. I guess not. But uh, just so you know, that is a thing. They have three children. She gave birth to a daughter also named Clotilda to really confuse us history. Well, not historians, history nerds. And... Clotilda the second. Yeah. And she watched her daughter get married off to Am- Amalric, who is king of the Visigoths, to so- hopefully solidify the peace between the two kingdoms. So you heard that right. You know the Visigoths that Clovis absolutely destroyed because of their Aryans and their horrible, horrible, you know, yeah, yeah. heretics? He he sent his daughter off to live with those horrible heretics.
0: Well, may, maybe they're, uh, maybe that's why they married her off, right? Has the exact same name. They're like, just you watch. Oh. We're gonna be two for two on our on our sons getting sick, two for two on converting our <laughs> our husbands.
1: <laughs> there you go. I like that one. She was honestly just a pawn in the game to solidify peace. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately.
0: No. Totally. No. She'll. Yeah. She'll. She'll like convert them or something. And. Yeah, we will yeah,
1: We will learn about her when we do Amalric, uh, whenever we get to the Visigoths. All right, we'll wait and see. We'll wait with uh, bated breath. (laughs) Clovis ended up dying in 511, and to his infinite wisdom, the kingdom was split up into four. With her three sons and Clovis's legitimate child from another unknown wife named Teuteric he is what we will do next week or next episode clotilda now is queen dowager and queen mother and she just lost all of her titles her offices her land women were not allowed to inherit anything so that all went to her sons
0: best hope your sons treat you well
1: As you can imagine, she probably had a little bit of power over her sons and, you know, tried to wield, or influence maybe, and tried to wield that influence. They they kept her living, you know, in in decent luxury, I guess. But at some point, she moved out of the palace into the Abbey of St. Martin at Tours. But, and this, she did not entirely withdraw from public life in fact clotilda had enough influence to convince her sons to go to war against sigismund who was the son of gundobad the man who you know murdered her family yeah so she's not entirely all saintly uh during the war sigismund was deposed imprisoned and then executed and to show clotilda wasn't completely without pettiness his body was thrown down a well to complete her vengeance against the already dead gundobad lovely another lovely little you know family blood feud that uh, yeah some
0: poetic justice yeah well i don't know if that's poetic justice what did Sigismund do (laughs) <laughs> He's just um, a son. <laughs> he was the son of Gund- sins of the father.
1: Uh, yeah. Per- I mean, yeah, that was definitely common. We're yeah. Gonna, I mean, sins
0: passing down is, is a, is a Christian thing all the way. So
1: <laughs> that is true. So well, this yeah. is, yeah, yeah. This,
0: this is just preaching right here.
1: That is, that is very true. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, we're going to have family conflicts that just extend generations down the, down the line. Sigismund's heir, Godemar, retaliated and killed her son,
0: Clodomer, in battle. So, Mm, you know, the one that she brought
1: back to life.
0: Yeah. I think it'd be more fun if that was like the family feud throughout the generations. Like, everyone just keeps throwing each other down wells. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That would be great. It's like. i don't know what i like i know Defenstration is throwing someone like out a window but there's probably the needs they need a word for throwing someone down a well i yes i yes i agree oh i've never Defeat heard of... it in battle claim <laughs> their body and then throw it down a well it also poisons the water source i was too, gonna say so. what
1: if you are like what if that's now your city and you need that water source uh
0: it's not yeah you do it in like someone else's city that's why you can't do it very much yeah (laughs) you have a ceremonial well so it doesn't actually have a water source it just just... piles up with bodies (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) after Clodomer's death in Frankish fashion in Frankish fashion her two remaining sons Kildibert the first and Clothar the first came after Clodomer's children who were under her protection under Clotilda's protection and because you know, they wanted their land and power. Clotilda attempted to protect her grandchildren, but she helplessly watched in horror as her son Clodomer had her two grandchildren brutally stabbed and murdered in front of her after they refused to cut their hair and become a monk. Mm. Clotomer sent someone with a pair of scissors and a sword and said they get to choose.
0: And uh yeah, she couldn't just been like, "Hey, you know, come come to the monastery with you
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's I can't imagine what that would be like to watch like your grandchild children be like brutally stabbed in front of you. Uh, that's that's game of thrones shit right there that is such a scene right in like what house of dragon game of thrones textbook right there one of her grandchildren though clodo ald that is a horrible name to pronounce clodo ald and he actually decided to take the scissors he was sent to the monastery and he became saint cloud which is a pretty popular name for cities towns and villages I actually have been to St. Cloud in Wisconsin quite a bit. I have quite a bit of family that lives near there. So that's kind of cool. I didn't know that it came all the way back from the Merovingians.
0: Sounds like um, also that apparently sainthood is uh, hereditary in this case.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yes, it is. I like
0: it. Two for two.
1: Well, as you can imagine, watching her grandchildren being stabbed in front of her completely broke Clotilda. She abandoned court life completely, and she threw herself into a life of prayer and service to the poor. Which, fair. Like, what else do you do at that point? Like, that would be absolutely horrific to live through. I can't imagine, like, a situation like that. The only thing you could do is, like, throw yourself into something to try and, you know forget your grief
0: yeah or or i guess you know be more petty and just you know really (laughs) get into the public life yeah yeah she had two options but that's not
1: saintly behavior yeah
0: and she's also um doesn't have the privilege of being a man during those times Uh, yeah unfortunately those are that so you're left with one choice I have a feeling
1: if she had the privilege of being a man, this story would be completely different And yes, mystery as absolutely. we know it.
0: Yeah. Even granted, if it was just her. <laughs> granted, though, it, you know I guess if you wanted to play the hypotheticals, odds are she probably would have been tossed down a well long time ago. Yeah. Because having male heirs around is a lot different than female heirs that is true so yeah. her her story uh may have never happened if uh yeah if, if uh the genders were reversed that is true yeah the fun what
1: ifs well she wouldn't have been tossed on the well her mom was tossed on the well her dad was just
0: stabbed i think well that's that's i'm i'm saying she wouldn't they, they wouldn't have made it out at yeah. all yeah because leaving male heirs is uh a that's no-no a-
1: oh yeah that's a no 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 that's honestly that's stupid i'm gonna call <laughs> that, that that is not something you do if you want to live long in medieval period unfortunately it's killer be killed
0: well apparently the female leaving the female heir alive um or heir yeah leaving the leaving the female relative apparently was a bad bite either it wasn't a good idea either
1: yeah it didn't really work out for him
0: yeah she really and. did find the right husband to <laughs> match her agendas. <laughs> yeah, she did. And sometime later, she
1: finds out that these two sons who, you know, came after her grandchildren were about to battle each other. And despite the horrific things they did, she was a mother and she loved her two sons. The story goes, Clotilda heard of this upcoming battle between her two sons. So she got on her knees and prayed at the tomb of St. Martin of Tours that the fighting cease. And our prayers were heard a massive storm materialized right before the battle, preventing the armies from clashing in the field crisis averted until the weather clears up until the weather clears up. And I, yeah, we'll find out, we'll find out what happens in the future. Uh, Yeah. Once those fields dry, once, once those fields dry. A month after she prevented the battle, after a very hard and a very sad life I would imagine, she finally found peace and died at the tomb of St. Martin on June 3rd, 544. She was buried alongside her husband at a church they founded together named St. Peter and Paul that was later named St. Genevieve. And despite the church being destroyed later their remains are protected underground to this day undisturbed i don't think it has actually known the exact location where their remains are but it's just believed that they're there yeah
0: yeah. no one no one's bothered digging it up so correct yeah and
1: there's no reason to let's be honest yeah sometime after she passed away she was venerated as a saint her feast day in france for some reason because the the french is in june 4th but for the rest of the world it is june 3rd when she died so i wonder why the day difference that'd be if someone knows that let us know because that's odd it is bizarre and one of the prayers to her because she is a saint and you know the catholics pray to saints saint clotilda you were the wife and mother who brought her husband and family to the faith and prayed for their conversion, pray for us.
0: Amen. And
1: that's, <laughs> here you go. And uh, that's what I have for Clotilda. It's kind of interesting. We came off a very brutal Clovis episode to kind of a more genteel wife that's this kind of sweet, sad story. Well, are you ready to raid her?
0: yeah we're gonna give this new new rating a try there we go royal power
1: all right so for our non-regent monarchs we're gonna go how much influence did you have with the king and kingdom as a whole or like the royal family okay uh but first how long do you think she was active as a queen consort and a queen dowager
0: oh Hmm. Was she Queen Dow- considered Queen Dowager the rest of her life? I mean, she withdrew. After,
1: after, after he, well, she is Queen Dowager. Even if they didn't name her title, like she's considered a Queen Dowager after her, you know, husband, husband's death.
0: Yeah. For the rest of her life. That's just kind of how it goes. I mean, sounds like that she lived a good, good while, right? So. What? She's got to, I mean. Oh, I guess, like, if you're talking lifespan, what, like, give her, like, a good, like, 20 years? For for both? I'd say, mmm. For both? Probably, like, it feels like she lived a long time. 30 years. Well, both. she married to Clovis in 492. He died
1: in 511, so she was queen consort for around 19 years. And then as Queen Dowager, she died in 545, and that was another 34 years. So if those dates are correct, her reign totaled up is 53 years. So I'm guessing she married Clovis around 12 to 16 years. So she probably died in her late 60s, early 70s.
0: It's a very long life. Yes. Granted, she lived in a monastery, which is one of the safer places you could be. That is true. But the fact that she came to that brutal Frankish
1: court at like 12 to 16 years old and, you know, held her own, pretty impressive. Yeah. Alrighty. Positives. Let's be honest. She had a huge influence on Clovis getting to convert even if the exact story isn't true, I'm very confident that she played a major role. Yeah, that for sure. she got her to convert. She was able to incite her sons to get revenge for her. Another thing. And, you know, even do it in style by throwing Sigismund down a well. <laughs> and uh, the negative is she couldn't do anything to protect her grandchildren. And, uh... I'm not gonna go against her that she lost all her titles and stuff because I'm, we're comparing them that's to the part of the course. Yeah. They're they're you know, their time or whatever. Yeah. I the grandchildren part really are gonna I think take her back, but she did really well. I mean, getting Clovis to convert, that's pretty massive. And that was mm-hmm. a huge influence on the entire kingdom because that created the conversion of a, you know, the entire kingdom. That was like the forced conversion of the Franks.
0: Uh, I mean, I feel like this is like an eight. Um, I'm going to go a seven.
1: I think the fact that she couldn't do anything to protect her grandchildren really kind of knocked it back. But
0: yeah just kind of depends on you yeah. know 'cause you you lose an awful lot when your husband dies, so you
1: unfortunately do, yeah you do lose quite a bit of influence, so we got a
0: eight and a seven for a total of fifteen infamy all right, so for aggravating factors, the only thing I got
1: is we're gonna have to ding her naughty naughty on the whole Sigismund nonsense. <laughs> Other than that, she was very saintly overall. I mean, crying out loud, she became a saint.
0: Um, All right. So I, one. One. Yeah. So total of two. Easy. All right. Fun one. Religious passion.
1: I mean, really? Let's be honest. Uh, Clo- Clovis doesn't get a t- ra- uh, 10 rating on, you know, Christianity with on religious passion without her. I think full marks 10. And she's a saint.
0: For God's sake. Yep.
1: You know,
0: you don't get to be saint without some passion and apparently, you know, converting people, saving babies, and stopping wars. Or at least battles. 10 and 10 for 20. Stability. Alrighty, so in this category...
1: We can't really do stability of the kingdom. That's like a king's job. I'm going to say this is more of a... How stable is their standing with the royal household as a as a total or the king if they're like married to him? Uh, I, I am... Sorry. In this category, and I'm assuming no record of this, is that their relationship, like I said, was pretty stable... They did a lot of religious things together and they were buried side by side. I don't think he was buried with the rest of his wives. So he had, she had to be, if not, you know, if not, he actually did spurn the rest of his wives. I don't think he did, but she was at least top wife. So she had to be pretty, um, you know, really good relationship with her, with, the royal household she was a dutiful submissive wife but she had a backbone when it came to religion the only negative again she didn't have the greatest of relationships with her sons after you know they murdered her grandchildren
0: yeah um and i feel like this is just like a like a four because i I agree you kind of have to count when she's uh Married to the king more than time after I feel.
1: I do. Uh, yep, I fully agree.
0: All right, four and four for eight. Royal demise.
1: She died Nothing.
0: after a long hard life, naturally.
1: But it is said she predicted her death, and I'm gonna give her one point for that because all right, that's the saint thing to do is to predict your death. It is in
0: so many stories. I'm going to die someday. Ah, I'm just gonna give her a zero. All right, one point total. All right, legacy. All right,
1: for the dynasty aspect, it takes two to establish a dynasty. She helped Clovis establish the powerful Merovingian dynasty that will rule the Franks over. Sorry, that will that ruled the Franks for over two hundred years she bore clovis four sons and one daughter as of her death only ch- killed the the first and clothar remained Cl- one of those sons would go on to unite the kingdom again and become king of all the franks
0: okay they'll maybe they'll let go there. of that even splitting the land nonsense he, we can only hope <laughs> <laughs>
1: She is a massive, absolutely massive reason for the conversion of the Franks to Nicene Christianity, which we went over in detail in Globus's episode. The m- implications in history for this—I mean, this alone is just massive points.
0: What kind uh, of Christianity? Are we uh, was it called again?
1: Uh, Chalcedonian.
0: Crit- Chalcedonian. I'm gonna Chalcedonian. To get to Chalcedonian.
1: A- Chalcedonian. Because we're past the date of what did I say? Four fifty something yes oh, so let me look here chalcedonian, chalcedonian. 451 get... the council of castledon was in 451
0: we'll have to get used to we'll have to get used to saying it like that yeah i agree we'll have to get used to saying it like that chalcedonian. well chalcedonian
1: when yeah Ex- yeah except for when we go out east then we'll have to do other fancy things but currently out west yes it is chalcedonian all right uh, it is said her relics survived the French Revolution, which is not normal, and are held in the church of St. Lou, St. Gillis in the Reliquary Chapel. And uh, fun fact, this chapel is in Assassin's Creed Unity. Mm. I've never played that game, but that's... that's it was not strong. a
0: fan favorite. <laughs> <laughs> After like three or so it the the fan base kind of started to not appreciate them as much
1: the only thing i remember about uh assassin's creed was everyone liked black
0: flag because i loved it it was great i played one and two and i'm trying to remember unity was a later one if i remember maybe i'm thinking of we were yeah, in cause college it was like I one two it revelations three black flag unity was yeah unity would have been like 2015 or something like that so yeah not not a fan favorite she later would
1: become the patron saint of brides and parents of difficult children (laughs) i love that last little bit
0: (laughs) she definitely had difficult children (laughs) yes she did
1: (laughs) images are especially popular of her praying at saint martin and for some absolute nonsense because i love obscure nonsense there's an italian seafood mediterranean restaurant in rome italy named clotilda it's got four dollar signs so that's probably a pretty pricey restaurant if you're in rome out of 284 reviews it has 4.5 stars on TripAdvisor. And food and service is 4.5 stars, but the value is only four stars. Gasp. I know. If anyone's been there, let us know how it was. But uh, I thought that was fun. I, I love little obscure nonsense like that. They'd be like the wafers
0: were horrible. <laughs> <laughs> you serve sort of wafers and wine. I love it. That's amazing
1: already right. scott how many points oh well how about before we yeah, how, before, already how much are you gonna give her on legacy
0: feels feels pretty strong but not quite oh, i don't know I mean, she, yeah gosh it's always hard to rate based on the fact that you know the husbands are the one who get all the credit give it a nine
1: i agree with you i'm only gonna give her nine points There's something holding back and I don't know what it is.
0: Yep. So, uh, giving ourselves, uh, medium vibes, uh, a nine and nine for 18, uh, that leads for us to give a, uh, though slightly differing opinions, a total of 32 and 32 for 64.
1: Not bad. Pretty good. Now, is she excited? Is she powerful enough, religious enough? leave a, enough of an impact in Europe that she she should be given the title of hand of the king or is she kind of mediocre and just kick her out of the king's council or is she so bad that we need to exile her out of the kingdom I gotta hand it to her <laughs> she's pretty good <laughs> yeah. I agree I think we should give her hand of the king
0: so yeah all pretty right solid pretty solid uh person has some beautiful uh, artwork about them apparently because sainthood will do that to you and, she's, uh, the, she's the mother of the Merovingian dynasty I mean and probably the very, one of the very strong reasons that uh, you know Catholicism spread the way it did in France
1: I would have to agree yeah so congratulations Clotilda you are given. The title of Hand of the King, given the badge, lead the King's Council. Alrighty. With that out of the way, that brings us to the end of Clotilda. Let us know what you thought of her. I, I personally enjoyed her. I think Scott mm-hmm. did. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, the listener. You can message us on Mess well, you can catch us on Messenger on Facebook or instagram at quest for power or email us at quest for power pod at gmail.com if you would like to start your own quest for power and become a lord lady or noble in your own right you can do so at patreon.com slash quest for power and if you don't really want to do that but you want to buy us a drink i personally like whiskey scott what do you seem to like vodka vodka scott's a good good old-fashioned uh russian likes his vodka um yeah, or just earn some extra karma. You can do that as well. Uh, both links we'll put in the show notes. And if you don't wish to support us monetarily, a, a review would go a long way on any podcasting website. Give us five stars. Doesn't really matter what you say. Say um, something ridiculous like all hail St. Clotilda and, and throw like a little culty vibe on there. Confuse people. Next week we are truly beginning the game of thrones that is the merovingian dynasty that makes the targaryens look stable again this means nothing to scott but i'm sure some of you this will mean things to our next monarch is going to be clovis's first son Teuteric the first and with that until next time the queen is dead
0: long live the king